Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all ages. Welcome to Ultimate Potential, a mental health podcast. I'm Tony Mosier. And I am Craig Lamont. We're super excited to have you today. We have a, a, a wonderful young man sitting here next to us. John, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm John Hall, and I feel like I just got welcomed to the circus. But <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, and people yeah, of all right. ages. More true right? than you think. I, I'm excited now. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I uh, am the director of Telos NeuroHealth, and I've been with Telos for 19 years, um, and I do some therapy. I, I direct our research and our quality uh, for for our companies, and um, just uh, I also I also do some stuff for uh, the National Association of Therapeutic Schools and Programs uh, with the research there, and um, currently the chair of the the research committee and. Just dedicated to trying to see that we can have the best treatments possible and, and have the most effective options for the youth that are out there and seeking help. And uh, that's that's basically what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've known you for a long time. Yeah. How many years now? Probably 22 years? Yeah, definitely over 20, yeah. I, I would say John's specialty is um, he's the guy that that when somebody says, is what you do there at Telos, does it work? And how do you know? He's the guy that is able to provide those answers. He's yeah. the one that can look at the research and, and the empirical data and make sure that he we're pulls able to deliver. The, the, the charts and the graphs and the, all the cool stuff um, behind the scenes, and he's been doing that for a long time. He's very good at it. You're also a renaissance man. You're, you're, you surf, you ski, snowboard. you snowboard. <laughs> okay, you snowboard, you surf. What else? Uh, rock climb, mountain bike. Star Wars enthusiast. Star Wars enthusiast. Uh, read fantasy novels. I mean, I've got the full gamut, right? Okay. So I can relate to just about anybody. <laughs> well, we're, we're excited to have John here with us because um, he has become an expert in a very uh, specific type of intervention called TMS. John, will you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, everything has an acronym these days, right? right? What is TMS? What's TMS? Yeah, certainly. So TMS <laughs> is transcranial magnetic stimulation. And now you know why we call it TMS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 20 syllables. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Right. You still don't know what it means, right? So essentially TMS has been around for about 30 years. It was developed as an alternative treatment for depression. And essentially what it is, is using a low amplitude electromagnetic pulse to train the neurons in the brain to fire at the right frequencies. And when you do that, it helps modulate your neuron firing so that you can function better. Okay. okay. That's a lot of big words. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Still too big a word. Can, can you break that down? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so our brain kind of has a brain rate, just like our heart has a heart rate. And just like your heart can have arrhythmia and get out of out of rhythm, your brain can do the same thing. And when it's not in rhythm, uh, we can feel a lot of different symptoms from that. Um, we can feel uh, fatigue. We can feel depression. We can feel anxiety. We can feel um, brain fog. We can have all kinds of symptoms that come when our brain is not in rhythm the way it is supposed to be. And so essentially TMS is designed to say, hey, brain, be in rhythm, right? So, so when you say like a heartbeat, you know, there's an electro stimulation to the heart muscles, which creates a heartbeat. And when you're running, it beats faster. And when you're resting, it beats slower. 
So the brain is the same way. There's neurons in the brain. I'm imagining billions and billions of them. Oh, yeah. And they fire or they, they have a beat to them? They do. So there's an electronic pulse or an electric pulse. I shouldn't okay. say electronic. That suggests there's chips in there, right? But uh, an electric pulse between each neuron or brain cell whenever our brain needs to communicate or, or do something. And that happens at a different rate or frequency um, depending on what we're doing. So when we're asleep, it goes very slowly, like zero to four times per second. Those neurons kind of send that signal through the brain because we don't need to have a lot going on when we're asleep. Um, when we're at baseline, we're at about 10 times per second. That's the average. It's kind of an eight to 12 range. And then if we get into ranges where we're, we're needing to perform uh, then, then it's above twelve. We kind of go twelve up to twenty-ish, and then after that, we're we're into um, kind of more higher anxiety, kind of fight or flight response kind of speeds when you need to be able to react really quickly and and things like that. So, if you've ever been in a car crash before, or 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 maybe you're rock climbing and your rope slips and everything seems like it slows down. It's because your neurons are actually firing really, really fast so that you can save your life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. we, we don't always – we can't function like that all the time. We'd go, we'd go nuts, right? But um, yeah, our brain adjusts to where we are, but it adjusts from a baseline. And TMS targets a healthy baseline so that when you need your brain to speed up for a test or for a social interaction or for – um, a sports performance or something like that. It doesn't need to move from a bunch of different speeds. It can just seamlessly move up where okay. it needs to. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, envisioning like the the old spooky movies like hundred years ago, electro shock. Like so, we're talking about electricity, but. But yet you're saying it's magnetic stimulation. So sure. what's the are, – are you shocking people's brains or are you no. putting uh, – using like wave therapy through magnets? Tell, tell us the difference. It's a great question. Yeah, we don't, we don't need visions of Jack Nicholson, right, and is right. getting that electroshock therapy. In fact, TMS was developed to be a, a – a, a, um, what do I call it? A replacement so that you don't need something that extreme because electroshock therapy is a direct current of electricity going through your brain, right? Yeah. And it's very high amplitude. And and the idea there is you're essentially trying to restart the brain, much like if your computer stops working, you hold the off button until it spikes and it you reboots. turn it back on and reboot and you hope it works better. <laughs> That's basically what electroshock therapy is, is let's let's cause a massive shut down and restart and hope it works better. And that doesn't always work great, right? Sometimes it does, and pe people actually still use sure. electroshock therapy. In the therapy. most extreme cases, I know it's still around. Yeah, know? yeah, it's still out there. I have a friend of mine who has tried it. it. It probably does hurt. I mean, they make you bite, so I don't know. But it's a very extreme intervention. Extremely, with, I mean. With some pretty serious risks involved. There are, and sometimes it, it, it gets worse afterwards, right? Yeah. So how is TMS so. different? So TMS is we are creating a magnetic field with an electromagnet, right? So we're using electricity to cause the magnetic field to occur, but we're not applying to the brain a direct current of electricity. It, the brain is just going to experience this this magnetic field that's an electromagnetic field, and, if and that, that makes can, sense. And that can direct the neurons to fire 
at a different frequency. It exactly. can control how the neurons fire. So, so, so in terms of electro- electricity, imagine if, if you were to think of electroshock therapy as using Niagara Falls and, and TMS as using a drop of water dripping out of your kitchen mm-hmm. sink. Okay. <laughs> that's that's okay. the difference here, right? Got it. <laughs> I, I also, I, th- I think I heard this explained. You tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong. Is a- an electric shock is kind of a forceful, like it goes in and it forces its way there. It does what it's going to do. It does. But with magnets, it's almost like the magnets are set at a certain frequency or a wave, and the brain actually is invited. It's almost like it's an invited to match it, right? Because not everybody's brain adjusts, meaning it's not being forced upon the brain, but the brain tries to match the frequency, right? So it's like anything else. It's like old people who start to look like each other, right? And, <laughs> and like human beings, right? If you wear tight shoes, your, yeah. your feet mold to the shoes. And we adjust. A, a human beings adapt. And, and what I was told was that this, we set the frequency of this this magnetic frequency uh, through wave theory, basically. And then the brain says, oh, that's a nice frequency. I'm going to match it. Is that how it works or is it really forced on us? Um, it is invited. Not everybody's brain responds to it. So it, right. it's definitely, I don't know if I'd use the word force or not force, but mm-hmm. your brain is electrosensitive because it's already an electrically active right. organ, right? right? It's using electrical signals. Which, which is weird because I... I don't think I usually think of my brain as having electricity, electricity. in it, but yeah. like that's what the For brain sure. is, is it's it is. there's it, electricity in there. Major alive. It's exactly what yeah. it does, right? Which is why we all actually need to eat at least a little fat in our diets so that you can sheathe the myelin sheath in your nerves so that mm-hmm. they can conduct that electrical impulse. And actually mm-hmm. all your nerves in your body use right. electricity, right? So it's it's just the way nerve cells work. But hmm. yeah, we don't often think about it and you say, what, what are you going to like? No, there's electricity already in your brain. We are indeed using a wave. In fact, it's called neuromodulation. There's another fancy word where we help your neurons modulate to this other wave, right? Okay. Yeah. So So the neurons say that the neurons aren't firing in sync. So say that my brain isn't balanced. Are, are there neurons firing at a certain pace and then in other parts of the brain the neurons might be firing faster or slower is that kind of what you're saying yeah that happens sometimes so ideally um we would have our brain firing all at the same frequency without any kind of extracurricular activity going on mm-hmm. that's slower or faster right and so if you're asleep, you want all your neurons to be firing slowly in what we would call a delta wave, right? If you're at baseline, you want all your neurons to be firing in the, kind of that 8 to 12 times per second range. We call that alpha because it's baseline. If, if you're needing to perform in school or something, then we'd want to be in what we call beta waves, right? A little bit faster. And if we need to be in fight or flight, our, our neurons better be able to go at gamma. But we want them all to move in sync in a nice mm-hmm. straight line. But... That's not always the way it is. In fact, I think most people have at least some areas of their brain that are either firing too slowly or too quickly um, or are what we'd call disorganized or diffuse firing. So in other words, the neurons are firing almost at random speeds in that area of the brain, 
and they're not really lining up with anything. Or if they are lining up, it's such a wide distribution. It could be six times a second or 14 times a second or 10 or 12 or, or eight. We just don't know where it's going to hit. So, so yeah. is it – this might be oversimplifying it, but if there are parts of the brain that are firing too slow, would it be safe to say that that's a depressive part of the brain and too fast – you might be more prone to anxiety in that in that part of the brain, how yeah, it's manifested. Definitely. So we do a lot of studies with uh, what we call QEEG or quantitative electroencephalograph, which are tracking the neuron firing in the brain. And we we, we use a specific kind of QEEG. There are actually several that that looks at what the speed is, right? And when we do that, we actually give people a lot of standardized little surveys that tell us what their symptoms are. Like, do you experience any depression, like you mentioned, or anxiety? But we also ask them questions about their sleep or about their general neurological functioning. You know, just like, how sharp are you today? How focused? How organized? You know, that kind of a thing. And then based on their diagnostic profile, if they are experiencing something else like ADHD or PTSD or OCD or... What, whatever they might be experiencing, we want to see what their symptoms look like. What's interesting is that when you have the more the more firing you have that's too quick, the more that correlates with self-report scores of anxiety, and okay, the, and the more more neuron firing you have that's too slow, definitely correlates with scores that of depression. But it also it also correlates with scores of trauma, um, both physical trauma like a concussion. Mm-hmm. But also emotional trauma slows your neurons down. Just like behaviorally, we kind of pull back when we've been traumatized. Our neurons actually do the same thing. Everything slows down in a protective kind of a, hey, I don't want to be out there kind of a way. And also fatigue, like uh, if we have chronic fatigue or, or even just acute like sleep deprivation like jet lag, that can actually slow down your neuron firing, but that's usually temporary, right? So... Um, all these things show up a little bit differently in the QEEG, but slower neuron firing means you're going to have slower activity. It's going to be harder to engage in things, and at least in those areas or maybe across the board if your whole brain's been slowed down. It, it reminds me of uh, – you know, I was going to ask what – how do your neurons get out of sync in the first place? But it, it makes me think of a phone. Like when you get a new phone, it's fast. It's crisp. I mean everything's great, and then – Life happens, right? It gets dropped. There's trauma. Um, it's too hot. It's too cold. You spill some water on it. Battery starts to die. Right. You just you you use it and add new apps that maybe mm-hmm. you know apps that have aren't cookies made on for, them. Right. <laughs> and then after a while, I mean, the best of phones starts to slow down and starts to crash and starts to have issues. And our brains are sounds like the same way. They they are definitely okay. yeah. John, you have. Um, I mean, this is really becoming popular with insurance companies, with research, with universities in the mental health world. So we're talking about uh, OCD, PTSD, depression, anxiety. Um, But that's really not the origin of the science, right? I mean, didn't this come from uh, traumatic brain injuries and hospitals and brain rehab? And isn't there like decades of research where this has been working in, in a lot of areas and then it's we've sort of started to grab onto it like in the mental health world because it's working so good and tell us a little bit of history if you if you know that well um 
Interestingly, TMS as a medium was specifically developed for depression originally. Okay. But it was developed in a larger context of, hey, we have a bunch of neurological inventions here, or excuse me, interventions here, which are designed for all kinds of neurological issues, which obviously, I mean, you go back to, if you're in Psych 101 in college or even in high school, you're going to learn about Phineas Gage, who had the... uh, the railroad spike go through his head yeah, and he was still changed alive. changed his personality. Yeah, changed his personality. He lost his inhibition. He'd walk down the street and go to the bathroom or say just ridiculous things because he had no inhibitions, right? Right. And so for well over 100 years, we've been trying to study the brain and what what is it with the brain and why does it do the things that it does? And with, you know... Uh, neuro-oncology for cancer or for traumatic brain injury, you get damage. And there's a lot of efforts out there to try and help heal that damage or or see how plastic the brain is. You hear stories about people who, you know, they lose a certain part of their brain that is, we've identified, it's for speech or or language expression, and they lose that, but then they gain it back. Why? Because their brain has reached out and kind of repurposed other parts mm-hmm. of the brain and said, you do that now, right? Yep. So you can have all kinds of functionality that way. And so it's 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 a budding science in a lot of ways, but, but it's also a really old science in a yeah. lot of ways, right? W- what about um, performance enhancement? Like I, word on the street is that the NFL teams and college teams and like I – I know personally a, a college athlete who does this simply for sports performance and or music or whatever else. Is that is that common or is that just like for the wealthy or for the lucky or or is that or is that do you know anything there? That, that's a great question. Um, I do know that there's actually a, a study being done at the Department of Defense right now okay. for soldier optimization, and it's not just to help them with PTSD, which TMS can do, right. and it's not just to help them with concussions, but it's to optimize their performance because all of us, like I said, it's very rare for me to look at somebody's QEEG scan and everything's lined up perfectly. Almost everybody has some area that's a little out of sync, that's a little too slow here, or a little too fast there. And if you can get everything nice and tight, we're all going to perform better. Okay. So there are definitely people who do that. And yes, sports teams, athletes, even the military are, are looking at TMS as a solution okay. for doing all kinds of things to, to reach their potential. So, right. So I've got a, a couple of questions. Number one, you you've spoken about how this can help you perform better or feel better. Could you talk more to what, what can TMS do for mental health issues specifically? Sure. And then my question is, what does it look like? Like if I were to go in and get TMS, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? Is it a, it's a clinic? Is it a machine? Is it a therapy? Yeah, sure. So I'll answer those in order. So the first one is what can it do? Right. So uh, first of all, there's a growing body of research out there that's being done to kind of identify all the things it can do because your your brain um, controls everything in your body and in your in your mind and and makes everything work. And so when you help your brain be at its best, then you can help a number of different issues. Where it was originally designed to help with depression, and it does. Um, there's there's a, a massive body of research that supports a 50% average drop in depression symptoms with TMS, any wow. version of TMS. And there's actually several versions, which I'll talk about in a minute, but um, 50%. And um, 
That's amazing, right? And so it's actually been FDA approved for treatment uh, for depression since 2004, so for quite a while now. Um, but all all kinds of research is being done. In 2018, they added OCD as an approved treatment because there's enough research out there to show it really does help OCD, right? What does it take, like 10 years, three years? It, it really depends. Get FDA approval. And, and what does that mean to me? It just means my insurance company might pay for it or what? So to you personally, it means two things. One, the FDA thinks it's safe. And okay. two, they think it'll help with that. And so, yes, insurance companies, if something's been FDA approved, insurance company has a hard time arguing that they're not going to pay for a treatment, right? Okay. Because you can say the FDA says it's fine. Why, why won't you pay for it? And so insurance does pay for a lot of people to have TMS specifically for depression. Um, the OCD is still pretty new. Migraines got added in 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, they're they're doing work. Yale is doing a huge study right now on using TMS to treat autism. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanford just came out with a new version of, of TMS. There's studies being done in Europe and Australia on ADHD, anxiety, looking at youth versus adults. So I think you're going to see more and more diagnoses get added to the list. What we do know is TMS is safe. Mm-hmm. What we don't know is how many of the diagnoses does it help in right. a consistent way. We know depression for sure, right? right. And I have, I have lots of kind of internal research in these surveys that we do that, that haven't gone through all those processes yet but show similar reductions. We have 50% reductions in anxiety with our clients. We see, um, depending on adults or youth with adults, we'll see up to 60% in ADHD symptoms going down. With youth, it's more like 40%. Maybe that's because the frontal lobe isn't developed. I don't know. But there's a difference, right? Right. Um, we see sleep improve by about 30% on average. Uh, we see general neurological kind of functioning, feeling organized, sharp, alert, going up by about 45%. Um, and we've seen improvements with things like PTSD and OCD as well. So as far as what it can help, it's, it's not about targeting a specific diagnosis per se. It's about I'm helping the brain get better. And so look at all these diagnoses that improve when I do that. And it, and it makes sense that if you get your brain right, then you're going to be able to go to class and pay attention better. You're going to be able to learn the subjects better. You're going to be able to go to therapy and drink in the, the clinical interventions better, mm-hmm. um, yeah, starting I'm, with a balanced brain. I'm glad you mentioned the therapy because TMS is not a cure-all. It's going to help your brain be in alignment so it can function optimally. But if you've learned all kinds of unhealthy ways of coping with stuff, you still have to unlearn those. So TMS isn't a habit changer. No, it doesn't change your habits. It doesn't change your beliefs. It doesn't change your personality. It doesn't change what you value. And so if there are issues there in mental health, then you still need therapy, right? Um, But it does help your brain function at its best. And when it's not, it's really hard to do some of those things in therapy, right? What if you're a substance user? What if you're doing a round of TMS and you're using substances at the same time. (laughs) So this is one of the funniest things, right? So I say funny, but um, I don't know if you remember when we were kids, there were those commercials um, on the uh, egg. Yeah, the the eggs. Here's here's your brain. They show you the egg. Here's your brain on drugs in the frying pan, right? I can show you with QEGs your brain on drugs. I've had students who are in our treatment center, and then they went home for a pass, and and sometimes they relapse because we're testing that out, and sometimes – they're, they're able to handle it, and sometimes they're not. Well, in, in this particular case, I had a student who was doing TMS. We have their baseline. You see things starting to, to tighten up and be pretty solid. Goes on a home pass, gets alcohol poisoning, just like 
drinks too drinks much. way too much, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking passed out, puking, the whole works. Comes back, we do a QEG because we're doing treatment, and his his brain waves are all wiped out. There's there's no center. They, they don't have wow. any organization at all. And this is a week afterwards. You'd think, hey, alcohol, it's out of my system in, what, 24 hours, maybe 12? I don't know. But a week later, the brain was still reeling from the effects. And then we used TMS, and, of course, we got it back sharp again because it had learned, hey, we've been trying to teach you to fire at this speed. So it was able to recover fairly well. But then this particular student went on another home pass and relapsed again. So you're like knitting the sweater with one hand and unraveling yeah, it with the other exactly. at the same time. I'm like, time, what right? are you doing, man? Like we're doing all wow. this work and trying to get your brain in place and you go and you just wipe it out. And the second time it was even worse, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, there's definitely a cumulative effect neuro neurologically from substance use. It, it makes you wonder what people would, you know, just knowledge itself – being able to see your brain through the scan of those QEEGs. For some people, that might be a really dramatic intervention. For other people, like yeah. true addicts, it's it's just not enough. Yeah. I mean, we, we know with addiction, knowledge and knowing this is bad for me doesn't change behavior. Doesn't change right? much, yeah. But certainly for a lot of people, and, and if you're working on a habit or even an addiction, that's certainly an arrow you want in your quiver is the knowledge of... I really know. It's not just people telling me it's bad right. for my brain. I can see it. Yeah. It's bad for my brain, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. what does it look like? If I wanted to get treat TMS treatment, right? what do I do? What is it? Sure. So first of all, I would say that there's several different versions of TMS out there, and they're all a little bit different. Um, some versions like a deep TMS, um, they have a helmet-shaped kind of a thing that you come and they put it on your head, and it's an intensive one or two-time session kind of a thing and, and you're finished, right? Um, and that is targeting as a different kind of way of trying to train the brain intensively all at once, right? Um, standard TMS or what we call RTMS or repetitive TMS, which has been around the longest, is a 30 treatment or 30 to 35 treatment kind of process. And each treatment is about 18 minutes and your brain is being trained to fire at 10 times a second. So you're going to come in and uh, for RTMS, they're going to put a cap on your head and help identify a specific location, which is called dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex or DLPFC right here. And then once they've identified that, every day when you come in, they'll put that on and they'll put the, the little magnet. It kind of looks like a little – like a two-inch thick ping pong paddle with kind of two – like Mickey Mouse ears kind of, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And it kind of rests on your head. And uh, and the pulse turns on and off. And you just sit there quietly in a chair that you can adjust, much like a dental chair or something like that. And you get comfortable, close your eyes, and it'll pulse for like, uh, well, on RTMS, it'll pulse for 11 seconds. <laughs> and then it'll be off for 10 and then back to 11 seconds. And it just kind of oscillates between pulsing and giving your brain just a rest and training it off and on for 18 minutes. And you just come in every five days a week. And so you're not you're not reading anything, you're not reciting anything, you're not nope. necessarily talking about therapy. It's just nope. a passive um, you just sit rest in the chair and it does its thing. All you do is sit there and relax. What does it feel like? So for RTMS, it generates a magnetic field about the size of a cantaloupe usually. And so it kind of feels like somebody kind of tapping your head like this. Okay. Um, for, for some other versions like PRTMS, which we use a lot, which, which is a personalized – version of TMS, um, it's a little bit different. The, the, the locations 
are more. So you have three or four places on the head um, that we rest that kind of paddle and it generates a smaller magnetic field about the size of a tennis ball. So it feels like somebody lightly touching your head. Um, so no pain. No pain. No electricity. No, no like shocking. Yeah. Just no. like you can – do you feel a vibration or do you just, do you just feel that paddle on your head? So for RTMS, like I said, you kind of feel this tapping. But for PRTMS, it's it's very minor. You can you can kind of feel a, a – I can't quite move my finger fast enough because it's literally going like 10 times per second. Okay. Now, the personalized version, it can be different speeds because we're going to look at your brain and, and, and recognize while well, the average brain wants to fire 10 times a second, not everybody's brain is average. But we don't necessarily want to train your brain to try and make it average. We want to try and make it its best self. So if your brain wants to go at 9.4 times a second or 11.2 or 10.7, we're going to train your brain to fire where it wants to be. I uh, see. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. But it does. Okay. It just feels like slightly there. Sometimes it, you can almost feel like a little bubble. It's almost like auto meditation for me. I, I have ADHD, so I stink at meditation. But when I do TMS, it's like, oh, this is what meditation feels like. Mm-hmm. This is great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so what, what are, are there side effects to it? Yeah. So for about a quarter to a third of people, um, they will report after a session having a mild headache or maybe feeling slightly fatigued. And when you think about it, we've been giving their brain a workout for 20 to 30 minutes. And when you give something a workout, you burn fuel. Well, your brain's fuel is glucose. Well, all of us know what happens when you go low on glucose. You get a headache and you feel fatigued. So what we do is we just give people glucose after every session, and it typically mitigates that side effect. So you come in, you do your session, you drink a Gatorade or you have some fruit snacks, and and usually you don't have that symptom anymore, right? Now, with RTMS, with the taps, sometimes that bothers people, especially if they're sensory sensitive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like somebody with autism, for instance, um, would do better with the PRTMS because you, you almost don't feel it at all versus I, I can feel this tapping, which can be annoying after a while. Stanford just came out with a version of this where instead of doing it over six to eight weeks, they do it all in one week. But then you have to sit there for 10 hours a day with the tapping, and I, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't know if I could do that for 10 hours a day. But they've had great results. I mean, they, they're showing 60% reduction in depression with it. So it's great. So <laughs> I, I know the, the TMS clinics that I've seen, they, that doesn't look like a doctor's office or a dentist's office. It almost feels spa-like. Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting is subdued and there's running water. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's more of like a meditative type of environment. Yeah, sure. Is there a reason for that? Definitely. So when we're training your brain, we're trying to train it at alpha. And your alpha is at best kind of a zen-like state. So we want to create an environment around you that is zen-like, right? To give you kind okay. of a, that relaxing kind of a, a mindset and feel and, and uh, be focused on, you know, relaxing, right? Got it. So, that yeah. sense. Definitely. Yeah, and so you're going to do that, and uh, with T- PRTMS, we're going to do a new QEG every week to see how things are progressing and adjust your treatment. Now, anybody out there who's done EEGs before, they're probably having pictures of wires and gel and maybe even having to shave little spots on their head. I will tell you right now that's not how it works for our QEGs. We have a wireless, gelless QEG. It has 
Um, basically, these little uh, prongs feels kind of like a knobbly hairbrush resting against your head and just kind of reaches through the hair and rests on your skin and it picks up your brain's natural electrical signals and tells us what's going on inside your brain on its own. And there's no need for gel or wires or stuff like that. And it takes about 15 minutes to do the whole process of setup, recording, and then we get that brain scan and know what's going on. So so if somebody comes in for treatment at Telos Neuro Health, they're not just going to say, hey, I'm really depressed, or hey, I'm really anxious, or hey, I have autism, or hey, whatever. They're... But instead, they're going to come in and you're going to analyze their brain. You're going to scan their brain and you're going to actually read the science, not just listen to what they say as the symptoms. You are asking symptoms on written form, verbal form, but you're also literally testing the brain first. So you're not treating something that doesn't need to be treated. Definitely. In fact, Dr. Palmer, our psychiatrist, oversees all of that. So okay. medical doctor looking at your scan, doing the analysis, telling you what we're seeing looking at what you've reported and determining, hey, what's the best way for us to address this, right? Okay. Yeah. And there are some diagnoses that don't historically mix well with TMS. For instance, schizophrenia and bipolar, especially if there's psychosis involved in the bipolar, are are, are diagnoses that don't seem to react too well to TMS. Um, and obviously if you've had like metal implants or something like from an accident in your head or something like that, then that doesn't go well with magnets, right? So there, there are sometimes reasons we would say, you know what, TMS is not right for you, right? Okay. Um, by the way, dental implants like braces and things like that are fine. So I've had some people say, I have, I have braces. Can I do TMS? I yeah. Fillings. Yeah, old, fillings. Far, it's, far enough away. it's not that strong a magnet, right? I mean, everybody's gone. Well, I don't know. Hopefully not everybody's gone, but a lot of people have gone to the MRI. It's a very powerful magnet in the hospital. You go into this huge mm-hmm. disc and... And they give you earplugs because the magnet's so powerful and so loud and you can't wear anything metal in there, right? Mm-hmm. This is not like that, right? It's it's a very small magnet. It's this big. It's not yeah. a big donut that you become the donut hole for, right? Okay. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So so who who will benefit from investigating TMS or PRTMS? That's a great question. So anybody who has First of all, a mental health issue other than bipolar or schizophrenia. Um, but uh, if you want to look at improving those things, then, yeah, come take a look at it. Let's see what's going on with your brain. See what the QEEG says. And we will provide a free consultation and first brain scan so that we can know what's going on with your brain before we start looking at treatment or you have to pay anything, right? Mm-hmm. So come in and take a look. There's there's no harm in, in seeing what it says, what Dr. Palmer says. Um, if you have had a concussion, right? Um, if you have sleep problems, if you maybe you have brain fog post COVID, something like that. Those these are things you could come take a look at, and we might be able to see that in your scan. And if your brain's out of sync, then that's something that we can probably help, right? And so. and I I believe that um, people who have depression that's resistive to medication, meaning. That they failed on different types of medication. TMS is recommended for for people who've not done well with meds, correct? It is, yeah. In fact, that's one of the requirements for insurance to pay for it is that you've tried multiple meds and they haven't worked. And a lot of times, those are the best people to respond to TMS because medications, they address one part of your brain and the way it works. They address your neurochemicals and your neurons don't fire unless they have enough neurochemicals, right? Mm-hmm. 
But just because your neurons fire doesn't mean they're going to fire in sync. So meds don't help with that. So if your brain's out right. of sync, there's no amount of meds you can take out there that's going to make your brain be in sync. They can make them fire, and maybe they're not firing. And if that's a problem, that's a problem. But if they're firing out of sync and too slowly, you're still going to be depressed. So oftentimes we can pull it up and say, yeah, your neurons are firing slow. No wonder you're still depressed. Let's get them sped up. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So what what should people do if – if there are people out there in the, the Utah County area, um, northern Utah, and they want to talk with you, where do they go? What do they do? And what about people out in other parts of the United States or the world? What should they, where should they go to find the resources? Sure. So if you're close to Utah County and you can make the drive five days a week to come in, um, you want to go to neurohealththerapy.com. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes down below. Okay. Great. And you just come to that website, and you can take a look at the different types of TMS we provide. There's a phone number there. There's also a form you can kind of fill out and request a, a free consultation. And then I'll reach out to contact you and make sure you have some forms to fill out so we know who you are, know what we're looking for, and we'll set up that appointment for you, and then you can meet with Dr. Palmer. After you do that, we'll look at what the results are and decide what you want to do. Do you want to seek insurance? Do you want to go with the PRTMS route? Do you want to try the more traditional RTMS route? Um, or some other version, and, and we can help point you in the right direction. Um, if you're living out and around the country, there are PRTMS clinics around the country. Um, PRTMS uh, was founded by Dr. Kevin Murphy and is based in San Diego. Um, but there's only about 10 clinics in the country um, for PRTMS. So you can go to PRTMS.com and look at where those providers are and see if you're close to one of them. Okay, and just to remind our, our listeners – the P and PRTMS stands for personalized, personalized, repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation. Correct. So rather than more of a general dose, mm -hmm. it's really looking deeper at the parts of your brain and creating a customized treatment plan mm -hmm. to address just those parts in a personalized way. Exactly. Got it. RTMS, it's been around longer, doesn't do a QEG, doesn't need it because it's going to give the same dosing, the same everything to everybody. Everybody's at a 10. Everybody's at yeah. a 10, right? Okay. Yeah. So, and the only thing they change is how much power they use based on your physiology, but they don't need a QEG for that. Whereas personalized is going to say, where is your brain? What do we need to train it at? Yeah. And so if somebody goes to PRTMS.com and they don't have one of these 10 locations near them, then they can Google TMS and... They can, and you're going to find it anywhere. I think anywhere you have a population center at all, there's probably going to be some kind of TMS provider within 20 minutes of you. Okay. Um, they're, they're all over the place, right? Okay. Definitely. And, and some will be housed in, a, in a, a therapy clinic, and there might be a chiropractor that might um, have a TMS machine and mm -hmm. be licensed to do that. Or, or some kind or of neurology clinic or, or a medical clinic, yeah. Uh, yeah. In my local town, little tiny town with no commercial district at all, there are three therapists that do TMS out of their home apartments. I mean, just their home, you know, like come home to my office. side door, home office. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to find it in all kinds of different environments, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see this more and more and more because the science is backing it up. And people are looking for options. You know, medications have a lot of side effects and they don't work for a lot of people. And they're looking for something that will work. And the science is showing that this does. And so I think... You know, 10, 20 years from now, I don't know, there might be more TMS being done than medications being taken. Yeah. Right. 
Well, I just want to express gratitude to you, John, for taking the time to be here with us. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, families that are out there that are, are looking for solutions, um, sometimes you're desperate, right? And you, and if there's anything out there that works, anything innovative, anything new, anything emerging, we want to know about it. So this is an exciting development. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing your expertise. Yeah, John, I also want to say thank you. I have one last question. Okay, great. Um, for the students at Telos itself, mm-hmm. whether it's Telos U, the young adults, or whether it's the Center Street campus where the where the teenagers are, yeah, do they get this? It's an option for them, right? So okay. not all of them do it. I'd say about a third of them do, though. Okay. And uh, we work it into their schedules, and it's it's very easy for them because they just go upstairs or downstairs, depending on which campus they're on, and okay. and just take a little step out of their day and then go back to what they're doing. Um, and most of our community clients come to our Geneva campus uh, where our young adults are, and it's it's got a great access for people in the community. But, you know, obviously you got to travel a little farther when you're yes. in that situation. Yeah, okay. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, and thank you for your time. Thanks for all you do to change the world and heal people and keep people safe and, and your research. Yeah. yeah. Thank you both for having me on. Sure. Yeah. So, so that'll do it for today. Um, this podcast is dropping in february that's uh valentine's day right so get your sweetheart a round of tms right <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> or a vacuum cleaner right so, which what, is more, some, more offensive something i don't know <laughs> anyway remember <coughs> mental health matters thank you